excuses. Isn't that all you heard about? It's all the excuses. Why shouldn't we not invite anyone for Easter to church? And then we just give all the excuses. And we have heard excuses. We are very, very good at excuses. And sometimes we can come up with excuses faster than we can come up with a lie. And sometimes excuses are absolute lies. And today we're going to look into a passage about excuses. But one of my favorite excuses story is this guy that just bought a brand new Mercedes and he's just driving down on a highway and he's going and, and, and he's thinking, oh, I wonder how fast this thing can go and, and how, much, how much power he has. So he has the, the, the top down, it's a convertible, windows are down and he's just going, the, the hair is just flowing. And he's loving it, and, and he's going, you know, 70, 75, 80, 85, 90, 100, and then he sees what no one wants to see on their rear view mirror when they're going at that speed, blue lights. And he thought, well, this is a Mercedes, I cannot do him. So he speeds up and gets even faster, and the police officer just catches up to him, and eventually he does what he has to do, and he just pulls over, and the police officer comes over and saying, well, um, it's been a long day for me, and I just caught you speeding. And I'm really not in the mood of writing a ticket, so if you are able to give me an excuse that I've never heard before, I'll let you go. He goes, well, uh, officer, the reason why I was speeding is, is this. My, my wife... She ran away with a police officer, and I thought you were going to bring her back. <laughs> well, have a good day, sir. Excuses. We are very good at excuses. And Jesus knew that, and he tells this story to the Pharisees. You know, they were saying that we are going to all gather uh, at, the, at the last banquet, and we're going to be with God all together. He goes, not necessarily, because many of you will come up with excuses. And he begins to tell a story about how excuses get in the way of our relationship with Jesus and our relationship with God and our relationship with each other. So he brings this story to us and today we're going to study. So if you have your Bibles and you stand with us and open your Bibles in the book of Luke, which is in the New Testament, and we're going to go for chapter 14. We're going to read verses 16 all the way to 23. And thus say the word of the Lord. Luke chapter 16, verses, uh, uh, chapter 14, verses 16 to 23. And thus say the word of the Lord. A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, come, for everything is now ready. They're all alike, began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, well, I have just bought five yoke of oxen and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married. I just can't come. The servant came back and reported to his master. 
Then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servants, Go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, What you've ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servants, Go out to the roads and country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house will be full. Father in heaven, we thank you for this passage. We thank you for this story. And we thank you that you understand us and you know us. And Father, may our excuses be no excuse for our relationship with you. But we may be strengthened in your faith and in the faith that we have in you. So be with us, Father. Convict us if there is things that we need to know. And transform our hearts that we may be renewed through you. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. We see in this passage a parable. And this parable about this great uh, host who planned this beautiful and wonderful party. And he had guests, his friends, the people he, he knew, the people he loved. But what he got back from them were excuses. And what Jesus tells us is because at the end, verse 24, he tells us, I tell you, not one of those who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. And he's talking about his own relationship. He's talking about his own, uh, his own relationship with, with us. And that we are invited. But many times we make excuses. So what does this passage tell us? The first thing that this passage tells us is that excuses... Excuse, oh, uh, there we go, uh, that God is intent on relationship. It tells us that God is intent on relationship. It was customary during that time, the time of Jesus, that a invitation was made in twofold. First, an invitation was made to those who were coming and saying, hey, we are going to have this banquet are you able to come? And once you affirm yes, just let me know when you're ready. It's going to be on this day, just let me know when you're ready. Because I don't want to come in and you're not ready. So the servants would go and make the first invitation. And then they would go back to the master saying, so and so, so and so. And here's the list of the people who have accepted your invitation. And then once the 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 event was ready, the dinner was ready, or the banquet was ready in this case, then the servants would go out and say, it is ready, you may come now. It is ready, you may join my master. It is ready, you may come and, and, and bring joy to my master. And two, that at this moment when he said this, that's when he heard the excuses. So this shouldn't be an excuse. They're already committed on going. They're already committed on being there. But now they just are backtracking. They are taking a back. So they dishonored and insulted the host by not going and coming up with excuses. And the host was insulted because his friends, the ones he invited, did not come. And the reason we see, the reason for the banquet, it's at the end of verse 23 when he says, And my house shall be full. And I want the house to be full. 
He just wanted to celebrate. He just wanted to have this time. He wanted a relationship with the people. But since his friends didn't come, he asked for the crippled. He asked for the, the outcast. He asked for those that have been rejected to come because he wanted to rejoice with someone. Because he wanted to be with someone. Because he wanted to connect with someone. And the beauty of this passage is that all he wanted was their presence. Wasn't anything else, was just to be there. But they come up with excuses. And the funny thing is excuses, they're, they just come around. Zig Ziglar tells a story about a neighbor that went to, to this uh, house and saying, Hey, uh, can I borrow your lawnmower? Oh, no you, no, 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 you can't today. Oh, really? Come on, I really need the lawnmower. Can you just lend me the, the lawnmower? No, no, no. I just can't. Oh, why not? Tell me, why not? I said, because all the, the, the flights between New York and L.A. are canceled. Okay, what does that have to do with a lawnmower? Well, all nothing, but if I'm going to come up with an excuse, any excuse is good as any other. You know, if we're going to come up with excuses, any excuse will do, wouldn't it? We don't need to say why we don't want. We just come up with an excuse, and any excuse is good as any other. And the problem that we have in this story is that the excuses that they brought, the excuses that they spoke about, the, the, the excuses that they come up with are just making excuses. The problem is that they were making an excuse. So what is an excuse? An excuse is a defense arguing non-liability for the action at that time. So if I, if I don't want to do it, I'm taking my liability out and saying, well, I can't do it because of so, so, and so, you know. It's all, my, it's all my problem. The problem is the land that I bought. The problem is the oxen that I bought. The problem is I got married. And there's things to do when you get married. And I just want to do those. So what we see in this passage is that God is intent on a relationship, but the, but the excuses are getting in the way of that relationship. So the problem is that excuses get in the way of relationships. We read of three excuses. Now, when we first read them, they're plausible, they're understandable. You know, a guy just bought a land and he wants to make sure that the land is as, as, as he bought it. And, and a guy just bought five oxen and, and he has to take care of these oxen and he got married. I get it, you know. But during that time, these excuses did not hold water. It's just like that woman that, that came home with a very expensive and, and exuberant dress. And her husband goes, why did you buy such an expensive dress? Well, the devil made me do it. The devil? Well, didn't you learn in, in church that you just say, get behind me, Satan? Well, I did. And then he told me that I looked look good from the back too. You know, excuses. We're very good at excuses. And these excuses did not hold any water. The first excuse about the land was, well, I just purchased a land. I don't know how many of you have purchased a house before. But those that have purchased a house would never purchase a house without seeing it. Without going and looking. I'm not even talking internet. Because during that time they could Google the land and, and find out what the land looked like. No one 
would, especially during the time of Jesus, ever buy a piece of land without bargaining, without you know, uh, doing a lot of, of negotiation before they had the land. So they have inspected the land several times. So when you say, well, I just bought a land, I'm going to go to see it, that doesn't hold water, makes no sense. No one would ever do that, not, not, not in any kind of stretch of the imagination. So as Jesus said that, some in the crowd said, baloney, there's no way he would, that's, he just come up with that excuse. That's a horrible excuse. The second one, this guy, very wealthy, has bought five oxen, and now he's going to try them out. How many of you have bought a car without trying them out? Oh, I, I know that today there's Carvana, and there's like online places that you can buy the car and everything, but they give you, what, 14 days that you can try it, and if you don't like it, give it back kind of thing. But during that time, no one would ever buy oxen, especially animals. They would have to make sure that they were exactly as they had paid the money for. So not only has he tried, but that made no sense. It's like us buying a brand new car without, you know, at the dealer without trying it out. So it made no sense. And again, they yelled out, baloney. They said, no way. That is an excuse and he holds no water. And the third excuse is the wedding. Oh, that's my favorite. I, I just got married, so I'm not going. And they're like, whoa, 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 whoa. According to tradition, if you said you were going, you knew ahead of time. So if you got married before you went, it's not the host's fault. If the host invited you and you said yes, and you just got married, it's not his fault. Number two, your wife's not invited because women were invited. So what difference does it make? you getting married. Unless you just were planning on doing something with your wife, you know, going on a honeymoon or something, just so you wouldn't go. So they said, it made no... Now, that's just an excuse. It makes no sense. There is no way that a marriage or a wedding would make any difference at that moment. So they went ahead and said, it's all excuses. And they knew it by the moment that Jesus said those things. Those were excuses. There weren't plausible and good reasons for them not to go to the party. But the problem is, when we surrender our excuses, when we surrender the, the things that we desire, we uh, realize that what we think are reasons for us not to do something that God has asked us to, and that being just excuses. So what are we to do? What are we to do? The first thing we have to do is to give God our priority. We give God our priority. Because all of these excuses had nothing to do with the host. They were selfish. They were all about themselves. And when we look at family as our priority, when we look at, at um when we look at our possessions, like the oxen, as our priority, or the land, when we look at our work as a priority, and we put God lower and lower and lower in our priority, then all that comes above is excuses. And that's why God said, let me be first. So, so all your other life, your excuses, well, I have to spend some time with God. I'm going to spend some time with my Savior. I'm going to spend some time with Him. 
And that makes him the priority in our lives. Nine soldiers um, missed their morning uh, gathering, you know, their morning call. And the first one showed up late afternoon. And when he came in, he, he was fine, but he, the, the sergeant was very upset and said, uh, Private, why are you late to your morning call? He said, oh, well, sir, I was on a date. And, and the date went a little bit longer, so I took a cab, and the cab broke down. So I, I, I went to a nearby farm, bought a horse, and, and then I, I rode the horse over, but the horse died, and, and then I just had to walk the last two miles here. That's why I'm so late. He goes, well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure I'm going to take it. But anyway, I'm going to take note of this, and you're going to be reprimanded. A few minutes later, another one came in, and, and he said, so what's going on? He said, well, this is what, what went on. I, I was on a date, and it went a little bit longer, and then I, I decided to just grab a cab, and it broke down, so I, I bought a horse, and, and, and then the horse died, and, and I had to walk all the way here. Okay, the third one came, and lo and behold, the exact same excuse. And everyone were giving the exact same excuse for being late. So the ninth one comes in really late, and he's just all relaxed. So what's going on? Well, you wouldn't believe this, but I was on a date. And then I realized that I missed my morning call, so I took a cab. And let me guess, and the cab broke down. Oh, no, no, sir. We just found a bunch of dead horses and we couldn't go through. We can be pretty elaborate with our excuses. But once we make a priority, the things that should be a priority in our lives, coming and with elaborate excuses will be something that would not be a part of our nature would be something that would be against our own desires. So if God is a priority, nothing would be, if anything, everything would be an, an excuse. Um, now, God would be an excuse for everything. Well, I can't do that because I'm spending some time with God. I can't do that because I'm going to be spending some time with the Word. I can't do that because God has asked me to do this. I can't do that because I'm serving in the church. I can't do that because I have a ministry that I'm, that, that, that I'm working in. The priority is change in our lives, so we'll excuse us. So the best way for us to surrender our excuses is by us changing the priorities in our lives. You know, the excuses are the cares of the world. They, they are the deceitfulness of the riches and the things that we own. They are, many times, the pleasures of our life. But God wants priority. Our personal priority, the life priority, the Bible reading, the tithe to be priorities in our lives. He wants Him to be the center of our relationships. You know, it's very interesting because um, when I first came to the States at 18 years old, I often heard about people saying, well, God, family, nation, and, and they have like a hierarchy of priorities. And, and growing up overseas, I never got prior, uh, you know, a hierarchy. Because 
in my country, in, 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 in the culture where I grew up, the priority is what you, it's what surrounds you. So it's not like one thing is, is more important than the next, is what surrounds you. And you're surrounded with God, you're surrounded with family, you're surrounded with work, and you take more attention to God. You take attention to family when it needs, you take attention. So, so it's more of a, of a circular or a spiral kind of, um, kind of priority rather, rather than a numbered priority like here in the States. So when I say that God is a priority, God is the first thing that comes to my mind. Is the same thing that we pay attention to. Is what we filter through everyone else. So God is the center of our lives and everything else is, is spread around. So we give God our priority. And then we do what they did not. We accept the invitation. Now accepting the invitation wasn't saying I'll be there. Accepting the invitation is going. Because if we say, well, I accept your invitation and don't show up, we did not accept the invitation. And that's what the scripture is telling us, that we accept the invitation. We accept this relationship. We accept to be with him. We accept to let go of our desires, to let go of our possessions, to let go of our things and go to be with him. He is a priority. This invitation is a priority. A good Christian man came to heaven, and I like heaven uh, stories, you know, and they found Peter over there, and Peter said, well, to come into heaven, you need 100 points. So tell me, why should I let you in? He goes, well, I have been married to my wife for over 50 years without ever being unfaithful to her, even in thought. Oh, that's impressive. And that's two points. Two points? Well, I went to church as often as I could. I even served in church. I was an usher. I, I did everything I could to, to make sure that the church was nice and tidy. Well, that's good. That's another one point. One point? Okay, okay. Um, I served at the soup kitchen and, and I cared and, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I gave money to the poor and I helped the homeless. Uh, one, one of them even stayed with me for, for, for a period of time and, and I was very you know, compassionate toward people. Mm, very good. That's another two points. Two points? That's what? Five? Only by the grace of God can I even get a hundred points. Exactly. You just got a hundred points. Congratulations. Come on in. Because you're only going to come in through the grace of God. Not for what we do. And the invitation is for us to have the relationship where we can experience His grace, His love, His care. And what we have keep us from God. What we have can keep us from God. And the ambition keeps us from God. And what we want and what we love can keep us from God. So let's put those things aside and focus on Him. God has given us an invitation. He has extended grace. Now we have to accept it. No more excuses. And we exercise our faith and say, I'm not going to give an excuse. I'm going to blindly go because He has invited me. And I would like to conclude with a challenge for this week. And the challenge is to prepare your offering. 
Possibly, many of the excuses were because they didn't have an offering. During that time, and then it is today, customary, they would take a gift to the host. And they probably didn't want to prepare a gift to the host. They didn't have an offering for that, go- for that host. Well, today, we prepare this offering. Because if we prepare our offering, our heart, our soul, our desires for Him, if we prepare what we have for Him, He will receive it. And it's very hard for us to come up with excuses if all we're focusing is on the offering we have for Him. If we're focusing on what we have to give for Him, how, what we have to worship Him, what we have to, to embody that He may receive. Excuses are going to be very rare in our lives. So for us to surrender our excuses, we offer ourselves. We have an offering. And that offering becomes acceptable to God. So for us to surrender our excuses, we make God a priority and we prepare our offering for Him. We prepare what we have that He may receive and use it for His glory, and that we may be bringing joy and pleasure to Him in our relationship. I'd like to ask the worship team to come forward as we conclude with a, uh, with a word, uh, a prayer, and, and a song. So let us pray. Father, we thank You. We thank You for this passage that tells us that through these excuses, we can have a barrier with our relationship with You. But Father, allow us to be so devoted to you and to what we have to offer that you would accept it. Father, prepare us to experience your love, your grace, and the power of your presence, not only in our lives, but in our ministry as we love one another and as we care for one another. Father, we thank you for your grace and that your grace has made us able and acceptable to you. So be with us, Father. We pray and we ask. In Jesus' name, amen. May God the Father who created each and every single one of us, His Son Jesus Christ who died on the cross, that we may have eternal life. And may the Holy Spirit who is right here, who leads us in His presence, be with you, not only now but until He comes. Go in peace as you love God and one another without excuses. Amen.